just grab them in the brisket. <sighs> it's. I thought we had a cold front coming in or something. What is going on? It's psych. <laughs> it dropped like three it chilled degrees. Out. Yeah, it did chill. Down. The Texas cold front. Jeez, like humidity it levels dropped down like a, to ninety-four. <laughs> it's at like hundred and fifty right now. It's it's so thick that it literally looks like it's just raining right now. But it's not. Just the air is just condensing right in front of you and just falling like ten feet off the ground. Yeah, I think the I think the northern states are just sucking up all the cold weather. That's what it is. Damn and, northern and to, states. You need to quit. Well, at least the mosquitoes are staying away. I mean, that is true. Except for John got bit up a little bit ago. He said he was delicious. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> Correct. Guys, how was it? Listen, it's been uh, it's been a minute since we've done this, I think. So we did have one one little break. Uh, there was one week yeah. uh, that there was no grabbing the brisket podcast. We do apologize for that. John was we traveling. We did get multiple messages about it, too, just so you guys know. <laughs> right. right. Multiple. multiple John's over there beating uh, Hundreds stick. upon thousands. No, no. Of, I'm not saying that, but legitimately, we did get multiple messages from oh, people like. He's, he's being for real. Like. Oh, really? Like, what took so long? Like, what the hell? Oh, dude. Sort of deal. Did you uh, message yourself? Yeah. All these messages. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. John, what's taking so long? Signed, John. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's so funny. Uh, Man. Does so, it? yeah, you traveled. John's flying again. So, uh, it's really putting a damper like on our uh, On our style. It's great our style. If you could just work your schedules around my schedule... That would be great. It's working. It's really screwing up our pod life because all of a sudden John found a job and started working. Now he's working like 70, 80 hours a week, Not which true. is crazy. A month, maybe. Um, okay, whatever. It seems like a lot. Um, and yeah, we did miss last week. And I, you know, I actually really missed it. I didn't think I was. I was like, ah, it's fine. A break. This will be kind of good. This will be whatever. But I missed it. I was like, man, I need to be in front of this microphone. Yeah. I need to be staring at you guys. It was, yeah, I think it was like my routine, you know? It was Labor Day weekend. We had a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, we did. John was out of town. Man, so, so much alcohol. We apologize. <laughs> so yeah, much alcohol yes. was drink <laughs> that whole weekend. Like, at one point, Amy and I were walking. We walked <laughs> home, and next morning we get up. And I don't know if we plan on actually walking home. And we you just, actually walked to your actual house yep. when you woke up the next morning. Yep. Well, I actually went to our home, not somebody else's. Uh, <laughs> but no, seriously, we were like, what happened last night? Like, well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember. I'm like, she's like, I don't remember either. How did we get home? I'm like, oh, my God. Somebody roofied us. But then we roofied <laughs> ourselves, what it really looks like, because we drank a shit ton of alcohol and got blind drunk. So It's not good. That's fantastic. That's what it was. I would do it again you know, next Memorial Day weekend. He's, no, he'll do it again next weekend. Yeah. Well, no, no, I won't, but yeah, probably will. Yeah, so that was our, our week off. We just boozed it up, really, I think. Pretty much. That was our week, and this is the Grabbing the Brisket podcast. So <laughs> let me just slide, slide that, that in. intro yeah, right in there, on. and then we can just get that on out of the way, and we can just keep going with the podcast. But speaking of, so you say break, so um, we are missing a person tonight who is unofficially... Officially, unofficially on the podcast, usually. Huh? Because she's always around here. Oh, uh, Passion Party? Passion Party. She uh, she did take a, a little tumble this last weekend stumble. at the skating rink. And, uh, not, she didn't break her arm. She uh, shattered it. Um, so she's going through some uh, some pain right now. And uh, her battery's still running, though. So we got some, not the best news today, but, you know, she's... Uh, She's powering through it, man. She's she's going through some pains and, and shit like that. There's it's still just broke and 
all kinds of places and yeah she's not gonna have surgery till friday and the mm. pain medicines she has aren't working and she yeah so hey dude that that sucks and uh, thoughts and prayers to to mandy and uh you guys and if y'all need anything let us know for sure for sure. Didn't she used to work at Sonic? Shouldn't she be like better That's on skates? That's what I told her. But <laughs> they, at her location, they weren't required to skate until um, like later in her career, mm. her Sonic career. So, yeah, well, just what, to be just to be fair, she doesn't still work at Sonic. No, right? no, 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 right. no, no. Okay, no, no. Okay, but she still wears skates to work, right? Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, she okay. Uh, she skates down usually the the fucking stairs and come down just like around the right on the front of her chair. So yeah, that's I, honestly it's kind of a rule of mine. Like I'm I'm not getting on roller skates and I'm not getting on a skateboard at my current age. I'm just not doing it <laughs> not unless I'm just padded up from like head to toe, just like a mattress wrapped around me or something. Then I'll get on it. But oh man, that's just and that, that's kind of that what I told her, James. I said. All the dumb shit I do, and I'm still not broken. I mean, you you go and it was like a they were doing a little race, you know. And this was after the it was at a kid's birthday party, right. and uh, hey, I love this parents showing off. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What could go wrong? Yeah. What could go right. wrong with that? Yeah, yeah. And mind you, there was a uh, skater there that I mean, she she was laps around Mandy by the time Mandy finally fell down, and uh, that's what I told Mandy. I was like, all the dumb shit I do, and I'm still able to walk around and be good and yes. you go and just do one little race and fall down and like you're done for she's gonna be out for a while the well, doctor pins dude the doctor told her so uh john and um you know his wife had told us recommended us to go uh to see a, a certain specific orthopedic doctor, yes yep. and the guy was like nah i i get one of these cases a year where i cannot help her like I don't want to do this surgery. I don't. I don't remember what the word he w- uh, actually said was. Like he's like, nope. So he recommended us to another person. So yeah, some uh, crazy quack doctor. I'll do it. Much. I'll do anything. Yeah. yeah, get those bones in front of me. You're like, <laughs> right. shit. You're way too eager. No, thank you. We want a second opinion. We can actually start right now. <laughs> right. Hey, take this. Right. Get in my van. Does this does this smell like chloroform? <laughs> Boom. Out. <laughs> Dunsky. Yeah. So uh, she's on the men though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's. I, know all about that like I, i've broken several bones at an early age and weird just and it was me just kind of like just one of them i superman threw a water sprinkler and i landed on the ground and then i heard a pop and i was like well that doesn't feel right and then i kind of pressed on my arm my forearm and it popped again and i was like <laughs> and i think it was probably maybe three four o'clock in the afternoon you know granny had the, the you know the, the what's that sprinkler it does mm, kind mm-hmm. of the wave yeah, goes yeah, yeah. back and forth I got up. Well, it's like probably like eight. Yeah, somewhere. Like somewhere. That. I get up, walked inside. I was like, "I'm going to bed," and I went straight to bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like three o'clock in the afternoon with a broken arm. Yes, <laughs> I think I, I, I might have just passed out just for a little bit, just because of the pain, and I end up waking up at uh, an hour or two later or whatever, and I'm like. I think I was secretly hoping my arm would just fix. Yeah, that's what every kid does. <laughs> yeah, just sleep it off. If I sleep. Everything will be mended. Yeah. It, well, it wasn't mended, and I had to go in to uh, get uh, get my arm fixed. Uh, but the other one, other one was kind of messed up because I, I think I was jumping over a fence. My shoelaces got caught on the the top of the fence, you know, the metal fence, chain link. Yep. Yep. And so I ended up breaking uh, my wrist or somewhere close to my wrist area, and I'm like, oh man, that didn't feel good. And 
So I went and showed mom and dad. Like, hey, I think I hurt my arm. No, like, no, mom was out of town. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mom, okay. mom was gone. So James goes and he's like, oh, my wrist hurts. My dad's like, nah, that's fine. He's probably just sprained it or something. For like two weeks. <laughs> two, three weeks. I walked around. And my mom comes home. She, she was gone for business. And she comes home and she's like. By this time, I'm holding my arm. I don't have a sling, but I'm holding it like I should have it in a sling. How pissed was she? Oh, she was and so mom's mad. like, what's wrong with your arm? I turn over look. And it's like. It's it's a solid band of just purple going all the way around, and she's like, uh, "Load she goes, up, that's broken." <laughs> My dad's like, "That's not broken." She goes, "That's broken." It it waited so long they had to take him to the doctor, put his arm in this little contraption, and hit it with a hammer to so, re-break it because it already started growing. It started oh growing God. wrong. Yeah. yeah. Mom, my dad was. Have you have you learned anything from these experiences? Like maybe just if you know something's wrong, something's wrong. Say something. Exactly. Yes, and don't. Do stuff that might involve me getting hurt. I learned that apparently you could just sleep off a broken bone. You'll pretty much be fine after that. You can. (laughs) James did it. Mm -hmm. I've done it. You'll be fine. I've done it. Yeah. Man, I've never broken a bone before, but one time I I jumped in the deep end of a pool at my public pool. And you know what pencil dive is? You go feet first. Mm -hmm. And I must just hit that water like perfect because I just went straight to the bottom of that 12 foot. And hit the bottom of my feet, what and I think you, I, I think I fractured. How high did you dive from? from? It was like, a diving board. Like a but I, I went, I went straight down, bam! And I, and as soon as I hit my feet on the bottom, I knew like I messed up. Like I just had this like sharp, super sharp pain, <laughs> and it was so bad I couldn't use my legs to kick. I was just pulling myself up with my arms <laughs> to the top, and, and there's gonna drown. You know, there's all these people around. And I was like, oh, embarrassed. Yeah, I, I didn't want to cool. show that I hurt myself jumping in like that, like a pencil. Yeah, so I just like. <laughs> To drag myself out, I hobble over on my heels to act like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lay here for a while and just take in the sun like for like three hours. I'm just laying here, you know, and then I finally get up like the pain tolerance to go and like heal my way all the way home. Never went to the doctor either. But I do have these like large bumps on the bottom of my feet mm. now. Is that why you walk funny? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a stick man. Right. That's why I wear out like the dead center of all my shoes now. Like it's <laughs> you know that dive was just like perfect. Like there was just no no splash. Oh yeah, of water. I was like yeah. It just, just was beautiful. Like, mm. There's probably no sound. <laughs> yeah. like, Did somebody just go into the water? <laughs> no. It was so weird. I thought I saw something. Uh, can we talk about the elephant in the room? Has this has this been all over? I know we we, we promoted this right a little bit. But James is wearing, he's wearing the first shirt. Oh. The new shirt. Mm-hmm. The new shirts. This the is, boys, the dudes. The, yeah. What's up, my dudes? That's what it should have said on it, right? Uh, from, from Alden. Being, that's what he should say. What's up, my dudes? Well, what's, they know what's up. Hey, what is he holding? He's pointing at the brisket. He's like a. I don't have a Bud. Of course, we can't put Bud Light in my hand, but I'm surprised yeah. I don't have a beer. James has a Yeti We're cup. All surprised. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it looks it looks fantastic. That is cool. Alan's gonna get his and just get a little sharpie and kind of <laughs> a little blue color, marker. Color and me a beer in there. Yeah. 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 yeah, we'll post a picture of the shirt uh, with, with James modeling it. Yeah. So I mean, for the folks that want to take a look at it, I mean, they certainly. What is it? They can certainly. Uh, hey, Alan, can you give them the business? I can give them the business, man. And if you want to go buy this shirt, guys, and I'm gonna do this a little a little different today. Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with the website because that's where we can go. You can go find this shirt, you know. And, and uh, you go hit us up on uh, you know on our website www.grabthebrisket.com. You can find our cool shirts, our merchandise, you know, just just different stuff. You can interact with us. Um, obviously, if you if you don't like to get on the internet, but you don't have social media, you can get on. Hit us up on Twitter. It is at grab the brisket, 
And if you want to do Facebook and Instagram, it is at grab them in the brisket and also email us, man. It's uh grabbing the brisket at gmail.com. Yeah. And it's, it's a super easy um, process, a very simple process. So you go to your computer mm-hmm. and then you type in, um, a couple of letters. HTTP. Right? First, you turn it on. <laughs> you got to turn it on first. Hit the backslash, power button. Backslash. Put your right. um, password in, your login information. Then and let you, us know what that is. You got you got to put in Google. Right. It's su- code. super easy. Uh, a lot of these times, they have the, the voice mm-hmm. uh, speak thing where you just go, grab them the brisket.com, and they're like, boom, it takes you right there. Yeah, if you just say, take me to that kick-ass podcast website, usually we would pop up. Number one search. Yeah. That yeah. would be okay. so cool if we could do that. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm not sure how internet really works. How do we make but, that uh, happen? <laughs> how does that work? <laughs> I don't think really anybody knows how internet works. What, what is the internet? Just Al Gore. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not kidding. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's funny. I, I read, like, his thing. Like, like, we're only searching, like, like what was it, like, 10% of the internet or some, some crazy number like that. And there's, like, this whole part of this, this whole other search, like, the dark webs that are out there is like the other thing that nobody ever sees or whatever. Somebody's got to see it. Somebody sees it. We're not seeing it. So there's different internets out there. Wow, different... um, What what, what would you call that, Matt? Crevices of the internet? Crevices? We're only seeing the surface. That's right. I I think you're right. I mean, we're probably looking at the interwebs. That's probably like the outer webs. (laughs) There's just a lot of shit out there, Look, I know like there's these crazy dark sites that you've like... If you want like to buy like... Like, you said outer webs. That's so dumb. <laughs> right. And I don't know. Hey, next time you search weird. something just on that Google search result, just go over like 20 pages and then look and then just see what you find. Because everybody yes. just looks at that first page. If it's not there, that's it. It's, it's, it's not, not the first it page. It must not be there, you know. I'm not searching page two. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. Chump. Yeah. That's, that's for chumps. Yeah. 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 Sure. Um, I'm sure whoever that that crazy poor bastard uh, from the FBI or whoever is assigned to yeah. keep. T- tabs on me is, is going through my internet searches like brisket how did brisket barbecue um food food <laughs> yeah uh, if, it, if you beer. didn't find it in page like, one damn it what you're looking for in page two is this not going to give you any better so i, I got a, i got a buddy of mine that was on uh he was part of his chat forum that he had found and it was like you know it, it's it it was part of this i, I don't i don't know what it was like so it was like support police officers, but then he found this like this other little site, right? That was they were getting a little out there, right? So he was kind of he, just, he kind of went on the page, right? He was like checking it out. He was like, okay, that's weird, and he was he started weird, reading some weird stuff and got into like some weird do- documentaries on YouTube. Which, by the way, those are rabbit holes in themselves. Uh, so the next day, he goes like a week later, he goes back to that site or whatever. And it's like it's been taken over by the FBI, uh, and so he's. Sh- I think he's, he goes. I think I'm on a watch list now. <laughs> he's. I think that pinged my computer because, like, I was like, we're sitting here, we're having dinner, right? And I'm like, what? And so I pick his phone up. I was like, I do not know you. I do not associate with you. I'm not affiliated with you. I said, They're listening right now. Hey, I nothing here, sir. I'm just having a meal. Y'all, be, please go back to your day. Blah blah blah. And uh, he cracked up, but I was like, no, seriously. You probably are being watched now. You need to like, as your fingerprints are on his phone. No, yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't know. Can't be careful. I think. Never mind. I'm not going to say those sort of things. But, anyways, yeah, you never know. You never know when you type into to, to a uh, a like what well, my little U-Rube, right? When I, right. Go, 
<laughs> when you go when you go to YouTube at work, that's a porn site. So uh, I was going to YouTube, but I, I I fat fingered it and then hit the R instead of the T and pressed enter. And when somebody walked into my office, I just kept talking to them, uh, and then it was just a bunch of bow, chicka, bow, bow, going on in the background, and I'm like. What the hell is happening That's on my computer? My... I was like, I didn't do that. And they're like, uh, they just left my office. I was like, I'm not looking at that. Holy shit. So I'm like, exit, 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 escape, escape, close down, close down. So it was horrible. But uh, yeah, so uh, www.urube. Why are you plugging this? That's a this? lot of W. Why are you plugging this website? Don't go there. Don't go there. This is a safety PSA. Okay? Yeah, He's don't, helping us especially out. at work. Make yeah. sure you're typing in YouTube, okay? So that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So super excited. We got a uh, special guest coming up here in a few more minutes. <laughs> this dude is uh, like he's like he's like he's like the great ones, right? He's like a guy. If you're going to have on a podcast, a barbecue podcast, this is the guy. Like if you had made a list, this guy's on that list, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Anybody that makes the list, you're right. Like who do I want on my podcast? This guy's on it, right? Yeah. He's he's one of the guys on the list. He's so. a mountain Mount Rushmore guy. Mm-hmm. Definitely, he's, he's he's big. I so guess who, you could say. Are we are we going to say his name? Say his name. Can we say it? Yeah, yeah. say his name. Mo Kason. Big Mo Kason. Big Mo. Big Mo Kason. Yeah, that's dude. It's going like, to be good. All his TV appearances, like all of his knowledge. Yeah. Like I, I don't know if we we'll really get into that. Or what are kind of hard to ask? Like some guy that's like at this level. Like, what's your secrets? Right. right. But. uh who knows? He, we, we, may, we may discuss some or whatever else. So. Yeah. So, you, I mean, you've seen him on, what is it, Destination America, the the network. I think it's part of Discovery or something like that. So, they had the Barbecue Pit Master Show, the Barbecue Pit Wars. So, you've seen him on these type deals. And you've probably seen him on mm-hmm. these television shows the that he's done. Food, food oh, Networks. Uh, Steve Harvey. Chopped. Yeah. yeah. Harry Connick Jr. Uh, so, I mean, he is all over the place and, and he's got a line of rubs and sauces maybe just one sauce i think but a line of rubs that i think you can go right now and purchase at academy mm-hmm. and i think he i think we're fixing to see him in ace as well so we're eager um to get out there and try some of those rubs ourselves so we'll, we'll, we'll buy it we'll put it out there and we'll let you guys know what we think about it but uh hey let's not waste any time let's go ahead and get mo on Super excited to uh, bring an awesome interview guest to the to the people, and let's just go ahead and get right into it. So today we have Mo Case on. So uh, I, I know we are real familiar with with your work and the stuff that you've been doing uh, with us being in the barbecue community as well. There may be some people out there that uh, have not probably seen you or maybe not familiar with your work. Uh, do you mind? Uh, mm-hmm. Going into a little bit uh, about what Mo Kason is all about. Yeah, sure, man. Uh, said, my name is Mo Kason. I'm from uh, Des Moines, Iowa. Born and raised. Uh, I've been uh, come from a really good, rich family. You know, and since as rich as far as riches, not yeah. financially, but in internally. You know, definitely. And uh, my grandmother. Uh, tight squad you know my grandma's 17 kids so we had a lot of cousins and aunts and uncles and so we we're always uh getting together and cutting up and cooking food and just being being family so um i for me i've always had a a passion for messing around on the grill you know growing up we had like a 55 gallon drum cut in half in the backyard uh screwed on with uh two by fours and that's what we had and um 
uh, I was always messing around, you know, it, 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 simple as hot dogs to hamburgers to cheap old steak. You know, I was always messing around cooking and uh, just experimenting and, and just having fun. And uh, but I start really getting more into it once I uh, got on the Navy, got on the Navy in 93 and uh, met my wife and uh, bought me a little Brinkman put in the back deck at our old house and just start cooking, man. And um, and then I start seeing um, these shows on TV, you know, uh, and, you know, you guys like your Tuffies, your Johnnies and guys like that, you know, and I was yeah. really intrigued. Because you know, in my neighborhood, you know, we just cooked. There's a couple of other guys on, in the, on the block who cooked, and we just kind of, that's all we did, you know, which is a neighborhood thing. And, uh, but when I started seeing these shows, you know, I was like, man, that is cool, man. You know, I, I'm just intrigued by it, you know. It's competition, it's barbecuing. And so then I um, was able to save enough chips up, and um, I uh, bought my first real barbecue grill in a sense that, you know, it was a commercial grade. Um, back in 2005, and uh, went to my first cook-off in 2006, and was at the uh, Port Barber Colossus, which is no longer around, but it was around the same time as the Pork Expo, and it was an all-pork category. It was whole hog, uh, loin, shoulder, and ribs, and uh, I was just amazed seeing all the different rigs, the smells in the air all the concentrated cookers and, you know, it's just, I just said, this is where I need to be. Uh, this is, this is my passion. And, and, uh, it just took off from there. You know, one man team started doing cook-offs, you know, around Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, Nebraska, just start, you know, and then I started getting out more and more and more, um, as, uh, I was able to financially go out, you know, further, you know, and, and uh, did 20 cook-offs in my first year, you know, and learned so much, you know, on my own, you know, and cooking in my backyard and just, just trying to perfect my craft, man. And, you know, make my, make my rub and my little concoctions, you know, and yeah. they fail most of the time, but, you know, I just kept, kept at it, you know, and I think, uh, it's paid off in the end because, you know, I've created all these rubs and sauces, um, you know, by myself, you know, and, and just by knowing about taste and smells and, going out to cook offs and stuff and then someone's giving you a rib or someone's giving you a piece of brisket and and you know you kind of break it down you know i've never been i've never been a guy to ask what another person is doing there's nothing wrong with that but i just never i had this sense of pride where i'm going to you know you know sink or swim i'm going to figure it out and um i got to a point to where i felt like i was comfortable comfortable uh, with my processes and I start starting to get a few awards and trophies and stuff. And I've said, there's guys out there's one way more than I've ever won, but right. it, it was so gratifying to be able to walk the stage with, you know, my little concoction and rub and sauce I made in my kitchen, you know what I'm saying? And, and you got all these guys, you know, these big heavyweights and you're, you going toe to toe with them and, you know, and sometimes you, 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 you best them better. Sometimes you didn't, you know, and, um, uh, it's just a great feeling yeah. and it just kept fuel that's got to be a difficult process like maybe early early on uh were you do you have a full-time job going on at the same time as well Actually, yeah i had a full-time job up to like uh 2017 yeah. i worked i got on the navy i was a boilerman in the navy steam boilers did water treatment on board ship I was on the uss missouri battleship desert storm and then uh when we decommissioned her i went on the uss Peleliu out of san diego and uh got out got home within a year i got on the water treatment plant back at home as a water treatment operator and I worked that all the way up to 2017, November. 
I mean, it's just, uh, you know, going out and doing cook-offs and, you know, having a family, you know, and my wife, you know, she's awesome. She held it down a, a lot, you know, as I was gone out, you know, sometimes I leave on a Thursday or sometimes I leave on a Friday morning and then I wouldn't be back until Saturday or on Sunday. And then I got to go back to work on Sunday night because I worked the midnight shift. So um, it's just, you know, I feel blessed to be able to have a supporting family. I feel blessed to be able to blossom and do the things that I really enjoy doing. And instead of getting the job was great, you know, I mean, it was just one of those city jobs. And, you know, I worked, worked for, you know, 40 hours a week, build up a full pension and, you know, but, you know, even though I, I you know, it was a great job and took care of my family, my passion was always barbecuing and that whole life. And yep. so they would, you know, walk away from there. Um, when Academy sports reached out to me, um, in November of 2017 and said, we want to put your stuff in the stores. And I looked at those numbers and I looked at what I was getting my paycheck and I was like, Oh no, I got to go. <laughs> so uh, yeah. And so it's been, it's been nothing but a blessing, man. I mean, I can't, I'm living my, I cannot stress. I'm living my best life, man. That's I'm fantastic. able to get up and, and I'm my own boss yes. besides my wife. <laughs> I'm my own boss. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, and uh, got wonderful kids, and I just feel blessed, man. I'm able to go places, do places, go places, go overseas, go all around the country. Yeah, promote barbecue, man. Uh, it's just I just feel like uh, I mean I'm smiling ear to ear. Yeah, you know I, what I'm saying. Speaking of promoting barbecue, you know, we've seen we've seen your guest appearances like on like the the Steve Harvey show, the the Harry Connick Jr. show, and, and all of those were fantastic, by the way. Uh, but I had one. I, I know you cooked the barbecue for them ahead of time or that day. How does that whole process work? Are you taking your whole rig down to these studios and cooking there? Yeah, uh, my um, uh, for me, like you know, when I went on the Steve Harvey show, I actually took my rig. Uh, if, you, if you guys didn't know any backstory about me, you know, my first competition rig was blue. It was Pepsi blue, mm -hmm. and. Um, so I've got this kind of reputation of always having a blue trailer, and that was because of my first trailer. But it was probably my third trailer in. It's probably like an 18-foot trailer. And uh, I took it to Chicago. That's where the Steve Harvey show was. And I was just down the street from uh, the stadium, football stadium, and uh, I cooked in a, in a parking lot. They brought out a generator for me. Uh, I cooked a whole hog. I cooked some beef ribs. I cooked, uh, And then I gave the sides to their food stylist. So, uh, you know, my wife's got a killer mac and mac macaroni and cheese recipe and i gave it to them to to make and so they made it to exactly to our specs and uh uh so that's how we do it you know and same thing with um this hair kind of junior great great guy you know i've i've been on all three of his shows i was on his pilot which never aired but it got him the contract to be able to not because i was on it because you know it was a, it was a his first pilot and i was actually on it and uh same thing um you know i cooked I brought a, tra a buddy's trailer in New Jersey. He had a Jambo and uh, Chris. Uh, um, oh, not Chris. Uh, I was losing my, my train of thought. But a buddy of mine in New Jersey had a trailer, and I brought his trailer yeah. and cooked the barbecue. And they brought the meats out, and we I cooked them. And then, then they came and got them and then took them back to the studio. And then um, I cooked throughout the night. Sat there, smoked a cigar in New Jersey. And right across the you know, right across the river, and then um, uh, we went and uh, did the show in the morning, you know, and knocked it out, had a good time. And then he asked me to come back two other times, and uh, he's just a great guy. And he's a barbecue guy, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was, um, I was about uh, to say he, he's he's into barbecuing. 
Yeah, good dude. I I saw that. Uh, I, I saw the one where it shows Harry. Uh, he does his kind of own barbecue thing where it, he's got. I think he's got a pit maker pit. He's uh, got a pit maker with yep. um, a. Um, it's a pit maker, and he's got a, a like a hundred gallon or something uh, crawfish crawfish bowl on it. Yep, I think yep. so. And I was like, man, I said, because yeah, yep. he's from Louisiana. Right, right, right. And then pit makers actually yeah. made right here in Houston where we're at. Uh, which yep. I know, have you met those guys before? Oh, I know them really well. They're good friends. I, I, I every time they I go down for Houston livestock, I always stop by their their tent because they got the one of the loudest, greatest. Party tens <laughs> every year. They, I mean, they do. I, I, vol- just- I volunteer out of the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. So, and I, I'm part of the the cook off uh, portion of it, and we deliver oh, beer yeah. out to those guys. And their tent, I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, it's so big. Yeah, and every, it's, so it's, much it's stuff out there. Up. They got the best DJs, man. They yes. just mess. They just up, man. Got cook carving up. You know, prime rib, wagyu cry, prime rib, handing out to people, and man, yeah. it's just just a great time. I, I saw those guys do gold plated prime rib. What? Yes, <laughs> where you put that that gold leaf. Yeah, the gold leaf. Yeah, gold leaf on there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're good guys, man. That's the thing. The barbecue community, man. I mean, I would say ninety eight percent of the people out there are just good people, man. You yes. know what I mean? That's what I love about barbecue. It's just. It's family, man. It's community. No matter where you're from, you know, what's your creed, background, you know. Generally, every, when it comes to barbecue, everybody comes together and have a good time, yeah. And I'm all about having a good time. Uh, you know, to me, that's one, you know, I, if it wasn't fun to me, I wouldn't do it. Exactly. I don't care. I just, I mean, I'm just, I just, I like to sit down, crack a beer, smoke a cigar, and just talk stuff, man. And, and it's just, to me... It's my, you know, it's medicine, man. Been getting out there and cooking and starting to fire, and then managing your cooks, and then trying to execute your game plan, and then, you know, hopefully, luckily, you know, you get your name called. If you don't, you know, it's always next time. You know, I mean, you just, you know, just do the best you can. So, I love Houston livestock. Um, you know, America, uh, Memphis May is another one that it's just, if you guys ain't never been to it, man, it's it's just an awesome cook off. Kansas Casey, uh, Kansas City Rose is a good cook off. Um, they're going through some changes right now as far as um you know location i think they're, they're going to be there at the racetrack for now on but they're going to start building out at that racetrack and you know and uh, but all of them are super bowl type level caliber yes cook-offs you know what i mean and and i if you're a hardcore barbecue even if you're an enthusiast or you're a cook uh i, I suggest you you know hit those three you know houston you know casey and memphis man those are just just great experience you can meet a lot of people you can see a lot of different type of pits uh there's a lot of people that are friendly you can walk up to them man and they'll sit down and talk with you like just like me you come up to me and talk to me i'll tell you you know i talk to you all night if you want you know what i mean I'm, I'm just that guy you know i just love talking and talking about barbecue and talking uh the culture man and 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 uh i just love it man yeah that's one thing that we kind of uh really try to promote on the show is is the just the love of barbecue, the the love of cooking, the craft, the passion, the community, and and it's just it's for us. It's just getting everybody together, and we're we're able to share this camaraderie with everybody. And I mean, it's for us. It's just fantastic. Yeah, man, it's cool. I I said again, I you know once this COVID crap gets back over, you know I, I don't do too many cookoffs anymore. Um, I'm trying to get myself set up to do San Antonio, and. Uh, I guess they're going to have it, so I'm going to sign up for it. And uh, when they open it up, you know, and try to get in on that, um, that's another good, great cook-off that I had a great time at. 
And, um, you know, my goal is I'm going to start keep I've been cooking more and more in Texas over the years, mm-hmm. past few years. Love it. You know, and uh, my goal, one thing I don't have, I've got trophies, ribbons and all that stuff. I don't have a belt buckle. Yes. <laughs> and, and that is my that's my goal cooking in Texas is getting a belt buckle, man. I don't care if it's a 50 team contest. I don't care if it's a 300 team contest. That is one thing that I don't have that I want, and yeah. I'm going to strive till I own raggedy until I get that. <laughs> yeah. Do Do you find it's more challenging, or not more challenging, but do you find it's it's a little bit different in every region um, cooking barbecue in these competitions? I mean, you you have your your South Texas, your Central Texas area. Oh, now, yes. there's, there's the yes. IBCA. There's the KCBS, and I think there's quite a few other ones out there. I mean. Oh, yeah. And so you guys being in Texas, man, I mean, you guys, Texas, I've learned the hard way, but it's a good way because I've learned. Texas alone has its own region. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like four different regions. When I, start cook, when I first started cooking in Texas, you know, one of the first few contests I did were, was out uh, West Texas, Midland, Lubbock. You know, I was going out there because I had a friend, a good friend of mine that lives in Midland. And I remember him letting me borrow his, uh, he had an R&O stick burner it was mm-hmm. the first time i was introduced to b&b charcoal and i remember he had a couple bags of charcoal he had a bunch of sticks uh and uh i just fell in love i said man dude this is this is this is where it's at man and uh i tell you man you get i start cooking in texas more and more i start kind of understanding the flavor because you would cook like ibca or golf course you know, everybody's off the street. It's not like KCBS where they're all certified judges and stuff. Yep. The people are off the street, man. And so you got to cook. You got to cook to what them judges like. Yeah. You know, and this is before everybody was like using a lot of Wagyu. I mean, even Wagyu back then was a, it could throw you off because them judges are expecting brisket like they get it. The local smokehouse. Yeah, exactly. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They don't even something. You get a, you cook a Wagyu brisket, a high grade Wagyu brisket, right? It's like butter. It's almost soft to the touch and yeah. to the chew. It's like too rich. And warm. it throws off all those judges because they're not. Some of them never had wagyu before, and they're like, "There's something wrong with this," or it's. Uh, they think it's mushy. They think it's overcooked. Now you know the judges know now, and they know that's a really good kind of meat. But some of them are still old school, man. They just they want that brisket to have a little tug to it. But you know it's amazing. You get some of these guys out of Oklahoma and Kansas City, you know, and they've never cooked in Texas or not, and you know they're really good, accomplished cooks, you know, and you know, and there's something like ever stubborn. I remember we was walking out of a cooks meeting out of uh, out of Midland, and it was about 100 teams, and I've already cooked a few, you know, Texas cookoffs, and I told these boys, I said, man, I'm gonna tell you what, you better put you out here in West Texas, man, you better put a little mesquite to your to your pit, man. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. They looked at me, I was crazy. Oh, I ain't putting no mesquite to my pit. My pit never seen mesquite, blah, 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 blah. I said, okay. <laughs> okay. And, uh, you know, and me, I don't run straight mesquite, but I'm out in West Texas, man. I'm, I'm running pecan or I'm running post oak. And then every once in a while, every other every other hour, I throw a little stick of mesquite in there. Yeah. Because you know what? When them judges open up that clamshell and that aroma comes off of that meat and it smells like cherry or guava <laughs> or something crazy... <laughs> Uh, you can hang it up, son, because yep. them judges ain't going to give you no good score. It's going to smell like what they, they're used to. And I learned that. I told them, man, these guys, I remember, I remember that, man. We was at the war ceremony, man. And these are big-name guys there, man. And uh, I got third brisket out of 100 teams. 
And a lot of them guys that have done better than me in brisket in other places outside of Texas, they were in the 50s, the 60s, the 40s, 30 eyeballs coming out of their head. And I told you, I said, I told you, <laughs> you better cook where your region is. It's like you're on Dallas area. You better not put no mesquite through your stuff in the Dallas. No. You better be that's something that you just learn. You know, you just learn that, you know, you down in Houston, you know, you better have a little mesquite. You know, you, everything's, uh, you know, Texas is so big, there's so many regions. And it's, it goes the same thing, go to state to state. When I go down to Georgia or cook or Tennessee to cook, you know, uh, you got to cook a little different. Not, uh, you know, not so much a lot because competition judges travel and that kind of equals the playing field, especially in KCBS. And unfortunately, a lot of people cook the same. I mean, you know, you, you know, unless you have a, a distinct process and a distinct flavor, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a it, it can be it, it can be a, a positive thing and it can be a negative thing. I remember making the when San, KCBS had a Sands Club thing, you know, and then you make it to the re, you you win your local and you go to the regional and then regional. If you win that, then you go to the final in, in Bentonville. And I remember I made it to the regional, and I was down there in uh, in in. in uh, uh, I can't remember part of uh, Arkansas was at, but the uh, uh, I just the way I cook my brisket, you know, I normally start it over a low fire. You know, it could be on a can, it could be on 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 a, on a green egg or a monolith, but it's a low, low, direct grill, and I grill my brisket off for about an hour, and I flip it, and I just kind. Of do a low and not putting a lot of heat to it, but it's, a, it's over a direct flame. And then you're getting that great steaky, grilly flavor for the first hour. And then I'll have my stick burner running and I'll have it matched to like, say, 300 degrees. I'll have my stick burner running. I'll have the can at 300 and I'll grill my brisket off. And then I'll transfer it over to my stick burner and take it out the back door. And then my brisket takes on a, a, a has a traditional smoked brisket flavor, but then it also has a hint on the back end of that grill flavor from when you started grilling it over a low fire. I love that flavor. I love it. But you go to an area where they don't do that, it's it's going to it's going it's going to hurt you. I was at a lot of top cooks, I can't remember barbecue and uh it was a bunch of great teams down there um, from Florida, from Georgia, from Tennessee, and I remember we all stood around with our we had slices of brisket that we had from our turn in. We all swapped and, and I I thought my brisket was better than all of them uh, to be honest but and but one thing i noticed that all the all the brisket they had every single one of them tasted the same because they're all using the same stuff and they're all using the same process so i said to myself either this is going to be a good thing a defining moment or it's going to be a bad thing for me uh and it'll end up being a bad thing for me because those judges were not expecting a brisket to taste like steak and then they have a brisket they just it was just it was delicious yeah it's just different yeah. no, that's I, what you got to do by playing no. the game I, I like how you're, you you think outside the box, and uh, Jan had mentioned it uh, to me a while back on how you wrap briskets, and I don't know if you do it the same way all the way, but you use a paper and foil combo. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I got I got big booty Judy out there, my big thousand gallon cooking right there, right now I'm cooking briskets out there and and, and beef ribs, and and so when it comes to the wrap stage. Uh, you know, you know, coming up doing competition, you know, everybody wrapped in foil. You know, this is what you did. I did it, you know, in the beginning, mm -hmm. but I hated it. I hated it. It wasn't until I started going down to Texas and then going and eating at these places and seeing them pulling briskets out of auto shams and warmers, wrapped in briskets and butcher papers saturated with oil. And I just stopped and put the light bulb came in my head. I'm thinking, I know why they do it. 
they do it because butcher paper acts like foil, but it's porous. So you don't lose your bark. If you wrap something completely in foil and put it back on the pit, it's just going to steam. Yep. And it actually ruins the beautiful bark that you worked hard on. Now you turn that bark to mush. And, you know, what we did back in the day, we just opened up the foil, get some air out of it, or take the brisket out, throw it back on the pit, try to dry it out. And I just used to always hate that, man. I said, there's got to be a better way. So it just, you know, when you're a self-taught cook, you start brainstorming and thinking of better ways of doing it. And I was thinking, well, you know what? If I take two sheets of foil, heavy-duty foil, put my brisket on it, put a sheet of butcher paper on a sheet of butcher paper on top, crimp it all the way around like a boat, I get the best of both worlds. First thing, the best benefit of it all is all that juice that's in that brisket stays in that brisket. You won't have no more than maybe two quarters worth of juice as you come out of that brisket because it's still able to breathe. But what happens when you wrap something completely in foil? You have a pool of juices in the bottom of that foil. Well, that juice is supposed to be in that brisket, not in the bottom of the foil. So that's one thing which is the biggest advantage of it. And then, and then the second is you don't lose your bark because the butcher paper allows moisture to pass through and uh, it doesn't allow your brisket to get all mushy on the outside, which I love. And then, um, so that's why I do it. I, I'm, I am not going to lie. I, I, I think you're a freaking genius. Uh, I have talked about this. We have, I, I have not done this yet. And uh, uh, my, my name's Jan, by the way. Uh, but I, I've, I've watched you do this in, in a video. And I was thinking to myself, like, why the F? Have I not come up with this? This is so, it's not simple. I, I'm not saying it's simple. It's genius is what it is. And because we talk about oh, this all the time. Like, I do not it's just want to do a better job. At it it is. It is. And, and let me say, like, when you did, when I saw this, I was like, light bulb, light bulb, light bulb. Holy crap. We're going to freaking kill it in this next cook-off. Or we're going <laughs> to do, you know what I mean? So I mean, we, yeah. we, we, we have this huge background of, of this Gulf Coast region of doing a bunch of cook-offs around here. We've never done Houston. Uh, and, and you're right. A lot of people here are still like well, the Texas crunch. Everybody's using tinfoil still. Uh, very few people are going outside of that with the um, with with the butcher paper. Or, but uh, I think I think you're going to see it more and more and more ever since kind of Aaron Franklin blew up and and what you know and he, he was on the uh, uh, what was it he, he has the what what is the master class, class master class that he did. That he did. Yes. And yeah, you know people look at that and go, oh, that's a great idea. And then. And then when I see what you did, I was thinking like, oh, my God, this, this dude's on a different level right now. So uh, well, it just works out for me. You know, I just figure I got foil. I always got foil on the trailer. And the only thing I had to do is go buy butcher paper, just buy wide enough butcher paper, you know, because I'm normally cooking big briskets. I'm cooking 18, 20 pound briskets. You know, obviously I do some trimming on them at first, but uh, I need to, you know, just make sure you got wide enough butcher paper and wide foil. And always have like double sheets of heavy duty foil because there's some raggedy, weak foil out there. You don't want to have a punch in a hole at the bottom of it. So always double sheet up with good quality foil and get peach or white butcher paper, non-wax obviously, and then crimp it. And you'll just like a little boat. And, you know, by the time, you know, some guys are pierced, they want to wrap the whole brisket up in butcher paper, fine, so be it. But I can wrap that, that butcher, that, and see me being a one-man team, I don't have... I don't have team members to help me out and do this and do never have. Unless I go to like Memphis and May, you know, world championship. That's when I'm, you got a squad cause you got to have a squad to do something like that. But I don't, I have refined myself to where when in the beginning, you know, I don't bring no more than what I need. 
I cook one brisket, I cook four butts, I cook three racks of ribs, and I cook 12 pieces of chicken all the time. And I micromanage all that. I don't, I mean, it's smart to cook two or three briskets because always going to be one better than the other. But I micromanage that brisket and do the best I can with it. I micromanage those pork butts and do the best what I can with it. You know, I don't have time to have other people break stuff down and, you know, and, and are giving me their opinion. So I've learned to be real efficient on what I have and, 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 and execute. And I still got time to smoke cigars and drink beer, man. <laughs> We need to hang out. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, I, I so what kind of uh, rig are you cooking on right now? So you, I kind of, you mentioned a few. I'm cooking on uh, that new pit I got in Lumen, Texas. I call it Big Booty Judy. It's a Syntex 1000 uh, gallon smoker offset. She's a cold piece, man. She's awesome. That thing is gorgeous. Yeah, and the only pit I had that was better than that, just slightly better, was, 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 was my little blue that I sold to a dude in Houston. That was the one I had by uh, Rockin' W. Baddest pit I ever owned. And that 1,000-gallon pit, it's clipping on the heels. And it's two and a half times bigger than that. That uh, Two and a half to almost three times bigger than Little Blue that I had. So that says a lot with that Syntex smoker, man. I just love it, man. It's just a, I mean, a lot of guys will sit there and say they make a 1,000-gallon pit. You know, and I, I'm a good friend of Ronnie Killing. If you guys are in Houston, you know who Ronnie Killing is. Oh, yeah. Is. We're, we're, we're right here. down the street from him. Yeah, we're, we're in Pearland. He's one, one of my best buds. So, I, you know, we, we talk all the time. And and Syntex, they built his first pit. His first pit from them came, uh, Ronnie got got it. It was a prototype. And he has it out at a steak at a steak restaurant there. And not in, 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 not in Pearland, but um, uh, right there in Houston, Um uh, I can't remember the area, but it's a nice area. But that's where it's one of the steakhouses at, and it's sitting back there. So he just hits me up, man. They kind of got the bike green bike that I'm looking for a thousand gallon pit. He said, "Man, come on down here, man, and cook on this, fire it up." And I said, "Well, tell me about it, man. You know what I mean?" And I'm not knocking Moberg because he's got some Moberg's too down there, and, and and he does a good job. But you know, there's certain things that I want out of a pit. It has to, it has to deliver. I don't want a pit that I got to sit there and be juggling meat and tossing meat and moving meat around just to make it cook. You know, a pit should be designed to cook even. If you got a quality pit, it'll cook even. Granted, it's a thousand gallon pit. There's going to be a slight variance from left to right, but it shouldn't be crazy. And it should be uh, just the, the 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 design. It should be user friendly. You know what I'm saying? It should be to where uh, if you stop and think about simple things. Like, for example, the upper racks are on rollers. You know, those are just simple things that make a life of a pitmaster easier. If you just got L-channel and you got a box rack, expanded metal, and you got that and you got to slide it in and it just sits there by just sure weight, once you get that thing past 60 70% out, it has a possibility of dumping on you. And what if you got 200-degree briskets out there? But you know what I mean? It, it, simple things like that. I mean, just... You, I got rollers on my upper racks. I can roll them all the way out. I can have them full of briskets, and they won't they won't drop. That rack of beads, they're solid. Rolls right back. Those are just smart design characteristics. That's a my pit. Probably I don't know any other any other thousand gallon pit besides me and Ronnie's that has damper on it, intake damper on it, mm. just like my little blue had a damper. Yeah. Most of those thousand gallon pits down in Texas, they got them in restaurants. They just open them up. To a certain, some put chains on them, but they get them up to a certain area and they just run them that way, and that's fine, you know. But I want—I'm more of a precise guy. I want to have more control. 
You know what I mean? So this damper system they got, man, it's just cold piece, man. It just it acts like a small pit as far as you know controlling the heat and the air coming in. I mean, I could smoke a cigar standing next to it, probably a foot foot and a half away, and it'll just pull all that smoke into the stack. I just posted a video yesterday when I fire I was cooking yesterday, and you could see the stack, and you can see. 12 feet, 13 feet up above it, straight above it. It's blown leaves in my tree. I yes. mean, it's just, just draw. The draw is incredible on that thing, man. And that's what you, a, a well-designed pit will do. It'll draw even across the rack. The bottom rack is the most important rack, obviously, because you want all that to be as consistent to left to right. When you got a pit that runs that close together, and it does, there's probably be a 15, 20-degree difference between left and right. For a thousand gallon pit that's twenty one foot long, that is amazing. Yeah, and so uh, I love it. So, so when you're cooking on that, your 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 door uh, your, your, to your firebox, are you are you having that open at all, or are you, is that closed all the way up with maybe some type of baffle? No, the door. Or? I only open up when I had a stick. Okay. I only had, and another thing too. I mean, it, it, my firebox is super insulated. It's up here in Iowa, and I told them just to make sure. I said put extra insulation in there because I'm in Iowa. And it's going to get cold. And I don't want a pit that's not, you know, you can get away with that down in Texas because it's as hot as I'll get out down mm-hmm. here. And you got good weather all year long, basically, versus Iowa. You know, we can get in single, single digits. And let's say, say it's eight degrees out. Well, when I want to fire the pit up, I want to be, I mean, obviously, I know there's going to be a little difference because it's cold. But when you have an insulated quality firebox, it's going to come up to temperature, maybe a little slower, but it'll come up and then it'll stay there. And that's what you want. You don't want to be, you know, where you blow on a gust of wind, blow on it and knock 40 degrees out of that pit because it's not insulated. Yeah. So you can get away with that down in Texas because it's hot. You can't get away with that up in Iowa. <laughs> you know, you got to have a quality pit, thick metal, thick insulation. If you're going to run a stick burner up here in cold, yeah, you better have a quality stick burner that's going to build a hang in there. That's what, like my other pit had, little blue, super insulated. And that thing, man, I don't care if it was five degrees outside or 80 degrees outside. It cooked the same, man. And it was just amazing, man. And uh, But I needed more capacity. You know, and this 1,000-gallon satisfies everything I need. I can load that thing up, man. I put three whole hogs in there if I have to. It's not a problem. You know, and I cook them. You know what I'm saying? So, are, are, are you doing competition? I mean, not competition. Are you doing catering or do you have a, a restaurant? Not really, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't advertise catering, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm busy. My, my main focus now is managing my rub and sauce business. Yeah, that is my, that is my, my foundation. That's what helps me take care of my family and pay the bills. Is my rub and sauce, and I, and, and that's, that's it. Competition, I don't need to do another competition ever if I have to. Yeah. I mean, you know, I love it. That's, and I will do it, Lord willing. But I don't have to do a competition. Um, you know, um. But yeah, I mean, catering, I do, I don't advertise it. You know, I'm actually doing one this, this weekend of a Minnesota for my sister just because it's my sister mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, and, um, I'm going to, uh, go up there and cook, uh, uh, brisket and ribs and chicken wings and, and some sides and my family's coming up there. And, and so that's why, cause it's my sis, but if you call Mo Case on to come catering, oh, you better have a checkbook ready, man. Because I ain't got time. You know, I, I ain't got time. I mean, I ain't gonna be sitting there. I mean, you know, trying to cook my barbecue, man, for hot dog prices, man. You can kick, you kick rocks because Mo Case ain't having it. And if I gotta go fire my pit up, man, and and, and shoot, you better come correct. 
<laughs> no, I like you know that. Saying? No, I like that. Right, come, I, come, I, well, you know, I'm a, I said, well, this is what it's going to be. And I, I'm not outrageous. I'm just like, you know, my, my time, man. Yeah. They're like, well, uh, yeah. no, you better go down a freaking frack down the street get that because I'm okay, son. I ain't doing that for that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I, can't, I just can't do it. That's that's fantastic. That's good. That's good. So uh, speaking of the of the seasonings, uh, I, I see you've got a, a whole a whole complete line of seasonings. You want to tell everybody, like, of course – where where you're getting that at like you're you have your own shop uh or your, your online shop right uh and then yeah i have a personal store and then it's sold uh academy sports so here's my rub and academy has been absolutely awesome i mean when they reached out to me it has been nothing but acceleration on the upscale from day one i mean it hasn't yet it's just been kept going up and up and up i mean i get po's every month from academy from day one and sometimes twice a month and it's just been absolutely lovely. I mean, even when this COVID's unfortunate, it's actually been even better for me for my business because everybody's home. Everybody's cooking. And once somebody tastes your stuff, your rub, your season, they're at a party or something, they're at somebody's get-together, they're like, well, you, you can tell. You can tell that Monday because all of a sudden, Sunday into Monday, all of a sudden, you're getting more orders and more orders and more orders, you know. And same thing, you know, I've got Academy Sports. they got 300 stores. And uh, then there's High V back here where I'm from, which is an excellent grocery chain. Um, I, I'm in 60, 70 uh, High Vs, and, and it's growing here. I mean, I just got a PO from them just a few days ago, and it's the biggest PO except since we first started launching with them. And so it just keeps growing and growing because the way that grocery chain works, it's all about them reaching the managers and say, hey, do you want to carry more case on stuff? Because you get some of these t- towns and all these people, they don't know who you are. I mean, they just they just don't. They're just in their own world, you know. And But once they taste it and someone says, hey, man, they come in there and order, hey, bring in, we want a case of more case of pork rub or beef rub. And, and so that's just been great. And then uh, the blessing, which is super great, is that I just got into Ace Hardware. And that is just monster. I, I mean, the buyer told me that I'll be in twenty five hundred to three thousand stores, and I'll be in the warehouse. Oh, that's awesome! Which is, dude, that's ten times Academy. And Academy, I love. I love Academy. So you know, big Mocaso don't get a boat. That's so, what I'm going to get. Hey, 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 slow down now. You can't spend it all yet. <laughs> hey, that is fantastic. That's congratulations. That's first and foremost, right? That's that's something that us as as barbecuers that we're we're always tinkering and and coming up with different rubs and different things. And then for you. Uh, have this vision and they go out and execute that's like the one percent right the one percent do that uh, most everybody just talks about doing it and whatever else so kudos to you but you got you know it's 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 luck too don't get me wrong i mean because everybody in their mom's got rub everybody in their mom's got sauce so i don't knock any of the the blessings that i got you know getting on tv that's a blessing Oh yeah, that, that's a gift that keeps on giving. Because whenever they rerun a show, there's always somebody who's never seen it, and if they like you, they like you. I yeah. mean, you can, just because you're on a show don't make mean mean they're gonna like you. But if you connect with the average Joe, which that's what I am, I'm just an average Joe. So I connect with the with the average person. I'm not uh, aloof. I don't think that I'm catch me. I don't think none of that. I've always been a humble dude, man, a thankful dude. Seriously, man. And and that's who I am, man. And people see that when they meet me, man. It's I don't put on no facade. I don't put on a fake. I smoke cigars, drink beer, drink bourbon. That's just who I am. You know what I mean? If it's a TV show, don't want me because of that. So be it. Keep it moving, man. I will, I will never change of who I am. You know what I mean? Because I look my mom in the face. I look my wife, my kids. Yes. They know what I'm all about. 
You know what I'm saying? And it's you just got to be real. And and I think people appreciate that. They appreciate you being real. You know what I mean? I don't I don't think of myself just I've been fortunate enough to be on some TV shows. It is the blessing of being able to do that to help me get to where I'm at right now. It wasn't something that I sat down with a pen and paper and and, and plotted out. Never did. I just it came. It all started with a passion of barbecue. I love barbecue. I love going to competition. I love talking to people. I love that's why. And the phone started ringing, and it's helped me get to where I'm at right now. Now it gave me the opportunity to be able to walk away from my nine to five job that I have. You know, and to me, I'm just. I, I ain't gonna lie. I get on my knees every night and thank God. I really do, man. And I thank God for my family uh, being able to do the things I'm going to do. And uh, I mean, I'm just a thankful man, man. And so. For me to be able to have opportunities and people knocking on my door asking me to do this and do that, you know, I just feel thankful. And I love thinking, giving back, you know, like uh, going over and doing stuff with the Armed Forces Entertainment. That has just been, I just started doing that uh, this year or last year? This year. This year. Uh, I went to, uh, I'm prior Navy. So Armed Forces Entertainment reached out to me and I went to Singapore, Diego Garcia. Uh, Guam, I cooked barbecue for the for, for the for the for the Navy, uh, the troops and the sailors, and it's just just great. And now it's uh, I'll let you guys know this, but I'm going to be uh, going down here in about uh, a month down to my good friend Adam Roche, is a retired major league baseball player, does a lot for wounded warriors, special mm-hmm. forces, army guys, military guys. They come out to his compound, and he has a great E3 foundation. That's his cattle company. And he just does stuff where it's like a retreat. So he has, you know, you got Army guys, Navy guys, all kinds of people come out down to his place and just relax. A getaway. You know what I'm saying? A getaway. Come down and just get away. And I come down and I cook for him. And it's just been a blessing. I, I just did it about three weeks ago. I was down there. And it was just awesome. And uh, they reached out to me because I was supposed to be, I was supposed to go to South, South Korea, Army base this year. I was supposed to go to Alaska this year. I was supposed to go to Singapore. I was supposed to go back to David Garcia, July 4, but this damn COVID killed all that. And so, but they had the money, the budget, and the, and, the, and like Armed Forces Entertainment is owned by Department of Defense, DOD. That's their deal. Yeah. And so they had all this money in the budget, and they're like, and we never used it. And so they're like, hey, man, let's do something we ain't never done before. Let's do a TV show. So I'm going to go on down to my buddy Adam Roaches, and we're going to do a whole week of filming. We're going to chop it up to like three episodes and it's all going to be edited and it's going to be me shooting, fishing, cooking, and we're going to uh, put it out there on the Armed Forces. It's going to be edited out by them and then it'll be aired on all the Armed Forces networks all over the world, all the military bases, Army, Navy, no matter. So to me, dude, that's a blessing. Yes, sir. And so I'm saying, and it's just, and so I'm looking forward to going down here next month, in the next month and doing that and then uh you know you never know what happens from there so speaking of tv shows so you're you're, you're on barbecue pit masters and barbecue pit wars uh how did that come about what were you approached by them or did you have to go uh enter a contest or how did that happen yeah well you know i, I how i got on was uh 2010 uh i was at a cook-off um down in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. And I remember he was walking out of Cook's meeting and I happened to be just walking next to Johnny Trigg. And Johnny was like, Mo, you gonna you gonna apply for season two pitmasters. And then, you know, they just had the season one, that's where Harry Sue and all them guys they kind of roll around. 
And yeah. I was like, dude, I don't know nobody like that. I ain't got no, I'm not connected like that, you know. And he stopped and looked at me and says, man, you got a great personality, Mo. He said, you'd be a good fit for that show. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I just kept going. And he actually stopped me. And Johnny did. He actually stopped me and looked right in my face. He said, man, you really need to put in for that, man, Mo. And I said, all right, man, when I get home, you know, I'll get off, see what I got to do. And I read, you know, I got on phone. You had to do like a 10-minute video on why you need to be on Barbecue Pitmasters. And I did one home and had my wife come out with the phone. And I was back in my trailer and I did it. <clears throat> and uh, a week later, I get a call. Uh, or, even, yeah, it was a call. And, and say, hey, man, we, we like your uh, your video. We'll see about, you know, you being a contestant. And I'm like, yeah, man, bet, you know. And so uh, I was fortunate enough to get on the show, won my episode, and then I lost in the finale. And I remember, uh, you know, I'm a competitor. No matter what, I'm fun loving. I love to cook, and I, I am a competitor. I'm I'm a monster as far as uh, I, I'm serious. I have a good time, but I do want to do good as best the best you I can. Win. You know, and yeah, I want to win, man. That's just the, who I am, man. I just want that, you know. And uh, I uh, I got knocked out. You know, and uh, I remember executive producer came up and said, hey, man, you know, it did a great job, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, thanks, man, you know, and packed my stuff up. And then all of a sudden I started getting phone calls, emails. And it just, they asked me to come back for 20 season three Pitmasters. That's when I went against uh, Melissa Cookson and somebody else was down in Memphis. Lost in that one. And, uh just had opportunities and then they asked uh, Aaron Frank and couldn't do the the judging thing whatever so they asked me to be a judge and I stepped in and did that and uh, then they asked me to be doing pit wars and pit wars just that was my favorite favorite pit wars is my favorite out of all like all the pit mat pit pit wars was so much fun that was just that's my jam if they brought pit wars back I would be a contestant in a minute I, would nice. love, I mean, I just you get in your rig and you just go out to a cook off and, you know, and you're competing against the rest of the crowd, but you're also competing against, you know, four or five or whoever they bring in right. and, and all the yeah, I, shit I, talking they do. And, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's just good time, man. I, I mean, I, I had a great that. time with Meyer and, you know, it's just a great, that was my favorite show. That was my favorite. That was my favorite show, man. I remember us sitting down there at the last episode, Meyer and all of us sitting there and we all looked at each other. Even Meyer was like, dude. This was the most fun I've had in a long time. I said, man, I'm telling you, man, this is a great time. And then, you know, uh, they had one more season of it. They had uh, Ernest and Bobby Royal and then and, uh, I can't remember who else. And then, and then, uh, but my boy Stumps, I mean, we all just had, we, we just cut up, man. It was yeah. just, you just cooked and doing what you want to do. And, and then and this is just let the chips fall where they fall, man. And it was so much fun, man. And I wish they would bring something like that back. Because people think, I mean, you get some of the, eh, not knocking Food Network. Food Network's been great. I've been on there a few times, judged uh, a couple of chop shows and the contestant. And, and it's a great, great network. Don't get me wrong. Great show, great network. But I, they don't, it seems like a lot of these networks don't understand how Americana barbecue is right. and how popular it is how much people really love it you know granted you know i mean it ain't all chefy you know you ain't and i'm not knocking chefs you know but i don't care a damn about somebody making moose tartare that means nothing to me let <laughs> me how to make a fat ass brisket man you know what i'm saying beef ribs and i'm not i'm not knocking i mean people are gonna eat barbecue just speaks to you man for me it does mm -hmm. it just speaks to me 
You know, I'm not saying you can't make. I mean, I am, and I, again, I'm not knocking chefs because there's some dudes out there that are run circles around me. But let's do some barbecue and we'll see what's up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. Let's do some barbecue and let's see what's up. You know, I may not be able to make. You know, some of the fancy dishes you see out there on Food Network, which is great, but let's make some barbecue, dude. Yeah. I can make you barbecue to make you want to. Make you want some somebody. That's what I'm talking about. Well, that's the thing. Nobody's out cooking a whole hog, right? They like they had the perfect recipe for this this broiled steak and this this mashed potato using a spoon or something and this cream sauce and everything else. Be like, cook a whole hog. They're like, well, I don't know how to do that, right? Yeah, that's. I mean, I mean, I mean personally, I'm just old school like that, man. They they, they don't talk to me, dude. Just because you can make some some porridge, cause and put some <laughs> Brussels sprouts in it. That don't mean nothing to me, man. It may be good, but it don't do nothing to me, man. You know, show me, show me by taste and texture how you executed a beef rib. Yeah, it may be simple to cook. You throw it back in the pit and let it cook. But what about knowing how to take it off, the texture, the the flavor, you know, hitting all notes. You mean, when you cook great barbecue, man, it, it does something to you, man. It speaks to you, man. I just came back from New Orleans. I was down in uh, Venice, Louisiana last week. And I went down there to uh, to do some fishing, tuna fishing with some friends, and just eating in the restaurants, man. It was just just talk to you, man. You get some bomb red beans and rice, some some jambalaya. Oh yeah. I mean, dude. I mean, it, it's simple comfort food, man. Char grilled oysters. I mean, that that to me satisfies me, man. Mm. Speaks to me, man. And uh, you know, so making me hungry. That's a high roll. Yeah. Yeah, we always talk when we do these competitions, you know, you spend like, you know, a week or, you know, three or four days just grinding and cooking nothing but barbecue over and when we're doing these competitions. And we, we had a little spot on one of these earlier episodes talking about what's what's your go-to meal after a competition when you're just kind of not feeling like... Barbecued out. You're kind of barbecued yeah. out. Yeah. What is, what is oh, Mo I Rich get it, man. I'm doing that big time, dude. Shoot, Big Mo Queso walked out of many places eating egg rolls. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Go get a slice of pizza or something like that. Or go get some Dairy Queen, get an ice cream. And, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I totally get that, man. I mean, you know, I cook barbecue all the time, and I love it. I don't eat it all the time, right. but I cook it all the time. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, but, yeah, you got to have a break. Or, or You got to have a break. You got to have a – I mean, there's nothing wrong with getting a good – I mean, I'm a pizza snob, dude. You want to talk about somebody like – I like some good – New York style thin crust pizza, man. It's, I can break it down with the sauce. It's all about that sauce. It's all about that crust. You know, my family are a bunch of foodies, man. My wife's an excellent cook, and I got four daughters, man. And they, I mean, they're like tonight they made they made dinner, bomb dinner. What'd you make? She made uh, instead of using spaghetti uh, spaghetti noodles pasta, she used uh, zucchini noodles. First time I ever had it. Okay, yeah, yeah. And they had uh, marinated uh, chicken ball sausages. With some uh, Alfredo type sauce, that was it was bomb. That it was delicious. They my two daughters, you know. That's my daughter. That's you know twenty five, and I got a you know seventeen year old daughter. You know what I'm saying? And it, and it cooks. I got hell my my twelve year old, my two youngest daughters. Man, they food critter. Man, if your food's raggedy, oh, they are gonna let you know. <laughs> they might not say to your face. You yeah, can tell just... by their face. You know, I, I've taken her to barbecue restaurants, man. My my little one back in the day, and here in Des Moines, you know, because I don't think the barbecue in Des Moines is all that good. But you know, I took it in uh, to uh, uh, to a place. She ordered. She ordered. I gave her. Got her a pulled pork sandwich, 
and beans. How simple was that, dude? How can yeah. you mess that up, man? No. And I'm sitting there, and this, and she was like seven years old or six years old, and she sat there across from me, and she ate that pulled pork sandwich. She took one bite because she knows what Dad's pulled pork sandwich is all about, and she looked at me and she goes. I'm done, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I looked at her. I'm full. And I was like, are you sure, babe? Goes, I'm done. I'm done. And she took a bite of the beans. She said, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, when you got kids that know, know what good food is, because, uh, you know, life's honest. too short to be eating raggedy. Dude. Life is too short. You know what I mean? I want a good bed to sleep on, because that's what you're going to do. Most of your life sleep, and I want good food. Okay, when I was growing up, we were dirt poor. So we eat in quantities not quality but now as i'm a grown man i'm all about quality over quantity yes sir. so if i'm gonna eat something put something in my mouth it better be right i ain't gonna waste my time eating some freaking frack this is not gonna happen <laughs> that's awesome so, so one little segment that we have on the show we, we kind of showcase kind of either our barbecue fails or, or our listeners uh barbecue fails just to try to put it out there like hey you know we always learn from our failures so we put ours out there and we have our listeners put theirs as well, just so we can hopefully not all make the same mistakes over and over again. Of course, we always make mistakes early on when we're in our you know career of cooking barbecue. So, and I don't know if John asked you, but I'll ask you: Do you have any like notable barbecue fail, or maybe just barbecue win? That we always like to do wins as well. Well, I would say a barbecue fail. I've had many of those back in the day. Uh, Couple of them that come to mind that remind me. It was back a long time ago. Yeah, uh, I was cooking a new. I've uh, never cooked before. Uh, uh, Berkshire. If you're not familiar with Berkshire, it's a old heritage breed of pork. It's a very. It would be like called a wagyu of pork. I mean, now they got some strains now that are rival that, or if not better. But back in then, Berkshire was like it. Mm-hmm. And I remember I spent. This is before I got, you know, pork sponsors and beef sponsors. You know, I was just slugging it out like everybody else. And I remember I was going to Kansas City. We there used to be a contest, really fun, called North Kansas City. It was always around um, St. Patrick's Day. They had a parade down the street. It was always packed, you know, 100 teams, 100 more teams. And it was all the KC teams, Oklahoma teams. It was awesome. And I remember uh, up to that point, I just cooked – Stuff that you get at Sam's Club or, you know, Costco. I think it wasn't a Costco back then, but, you know, you just, I didn't have any, you know, I didn't have them pockets where I'm cooking Duroc or like that, you know. And so it was uh, just a pork butt. So I knew those really well. You know what I mean? I knew they start breaking down, getting right about 196, 197, 198. You know, they're right. Well, if you didn't know, I didn't know at the time, but Berkshire. It's a very fatty, highly marbled piece of pork. Okay. So one thing you learn is that I learned is that, you know, obviously pork fat or beef fat, whatever, will start rendering out faster than before the tissue. Actually, it's the collagens in the tissue start breaking down, getting soft. So it can fool you. It's just sitting there getting right. But, you know, they get done a little sooner. And so I had a couple really nice pork butts, Berkshires. And I knew that 198, 197, they should be there. So I never cared to look or check at an earlier temperature. And I remember taking my probe 
at a hundred. I just put them in there and I didn't even, you know, take them out to wrap them. I just, you know, uh, just cooked them. And I remember putting the probe in at 195 or 96 and it was like butter, like too good. <laughs> and I remember I had, I had cloth gloves and rubber gloves and I stuck my finger to touch it to see what the resistance was on the outside. And my finger went in like melted margarine. <laughs> scared the I put that in there and overcooked that pork. Well, that's what happened. I ended up overcooking that pork, and it was nothing but mush, like mm. straight Gerber baked food. Wow. Oh, man. And, uh, <laughs> dude, <laughs> I was salty, man. And I ended up learn, learning how to cook that pork roll. That, the species that I got and the breeder I got, you know, those, those pork butts, like the money mussels, mm-hmm. you know, normally my money mussels when I cook in Dirt Rock are like 193, 194. Um, they're not gone to pullable temperature, but they're soft enough to when they cool down, they'll be perfect. Those Berkshire money mussels, man, I was cooking to 175, and they were just the same way. Oh, wow. It was that far. Down. Now, you take a regular pork butt and try to pull it at 175, you got nothing but a chewing ball. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So that's one thing I learned. Another one is never trust a pro, electric pro. Uh, I was at a cook-off in Mason City, and I was cooking this uh, brisket, nice brisket, you know. And, uh, you know, you're sitting there drinking beers, talking, smoking cigars, Kind of monitoring your cook, you know, but you're not not staying on top of it. And I remember my probe stopped at 170. You know, and you thought, and, and this is early on when I start competing, you know. I'm thinking, oh, okay, it's the stall, you right. know, okay, I'll let it. And I just ignored it. I had ignored it to the point to where you're thinking, wait a minute, man. This thing is not <laughs> budging at 170. I mean, it clicked, it clicked up 130, 140, doing its thing, got to 170, just stopped. And... By this time, it's coming like on 11 o'clock. And I'm thinking, damn, chicken's getting ready to be turned in an hour. And it's and this brisket's still at 170. We got problems. Mm-hmm. So I went and checked, pulled it, the probe in and out. I was like, oh, man, this thing is like done. And then I went and found another probe, another, and I put it in there. It was like 211. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, she's done. <laughs> on, on, an Angus choice brisket. So what do you think? It's nothing but dust. Just, yeah, that's you know what I'm saying? Dry. Needless to say, that was the first and last time I ever turned in pulled brisket. Obviously, you know, you don't do well. <laughs> pull, pull, everybody's turning in slices and burn ends. Mocason's turning in pulled brisket. Right. So Is that- never always <laughs> stay on top of your game. Yes, you chit-chat and having a beer with a smoking guy. But man, you're there to execute your game plan, not yes. there to be making toilet paper brisket. Yeah, one one hundred percent agree. Yeah, uh, we we started off early in our competition. You know, we always said, hey, you know, we're kind of like a, a beer drinking team, and we cook barbecue, and then but we're always just in that middle of the pack. We would win a little bit here, we would lose a lot, we would win a little bit. And so it wasn't until we really lined down a process and probably scaled back on drinking a little little before um, our meats are turned in and all that stuff. But we lined down a process. Okay, so, hey, we got start times. We, we, we have, okay, we need to check the meat at this particular time. And so once we started getting a process down, then it became a lot easier. And then all of a sudden, just start walking quite more often than we were, we were doing previously. Yeah, it's 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 all about executing your game plan. Yep. You know, I mean, once you get your routine down, 
you know, as you do multiple cooks, you know how brisket's supposed to be. Mm. You know how ribs supposed to be. You know when you done, you hit your mark. I mean, you can hit all the eight cylinders, and you still got to get lucky. Yes, that's it. Mm-hmm. I was on the road. I tell you, man, I'm a a confident man in how I cook, and I know if I didn't, if I miss my mark on something or something was not right, I, I'll be the first one to tell you it ain't right. But I didn't get my first grand champion until it was like many years after I started competing. And I remember it was in Gillette, Wyoming. It was emotional for me, man. Because I know all, all the miles, you know, that I traveled. Yeah. Trying. Trying. You know, driving home with straight rabbit ears, you know, and didn't win nothing. You know, and you just try again the next day, next week. You just try the next week. And you see all these other guys winning all this kind of stuff, but you walk and you walk. I'm okay, sons walking, okay, sons walk. And I said to myself, it'll it'll get there. You know, I know that I'm a good cook. And I remember when I won, I got a 180 in ribs. It's like second or third in brisket, and everything else was still good. Chicken was good. Chicken was in low teens, and then and then uh, pork butt was right there. And I remember. She said, "Was the 180 that put me over the top that got me my grand championship?" And I remember going to the back of my trailer, setting my trailer down when nobody was around, and I just start crying. You know, that's how mm-hmm. passionate I am about cooking and and how hard it is. Because you're dealing with some great cooks, man, week in and week out. And you know what I mean? It's only one person that's going to win. You know what I mean? And you know, I'm driving my butt out to Wyoming. I've driven out to Oregon. I've driven out to, you know, I've driven all over, man, all, except for the extreme northeast. You know, I've been to almost every state cooking a cook-off because I enjoy it. Yeah. You know, you didn't enjoy competition. There's guys I see cook-off, you know, they ain't going to last because they're already fighting and throwing beers at each other, talking about how they're going to turn the brisket in. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Just straight up pissing the wife out, just cussing uh, them out. Oh, I'm like, man. dude, I just looked at him like, man, you don't even need to be here, dude. You saw okay, if you're that emotional about a barbecue contest, dude, take your butt home, son. Because you're looking like a fool. I see people knock out, drag out, arguing how they're going to do the turning box. I mean, fist bumping each other. That's like, dude. No, you just got to hang it up at that point. Hang it up, man. And you can tell the guys who are, you can tell the guys that ain't going to make it either because they don't have that, that drive to execute throughout the night. They think, they see stuff on TV and they think, oh, barbecue cook, oh, it's fun. They got like six guys, dude. By two in the morning, cause they tapped out. Everybody's they asleep. They just like, man, this is way too much work, you know. And that's what it is. But the guys who win are guys that are dedicated, or the guys and gals are dedicated to the craft and executing. And like I said, even then, you got to hit all eight cylinders, and then you got to get lucky, because you got random judges judging your stuff. I don't care if they are qualified, but they're. I know I'm cooking good food. Okay, but you know, I, that's what I say, people. I don't cook, and I said earlier in the conversation, you know, you kind of cook to the judges. You do to a certain point, but you got to still stand your ground, man. You got to stand who you are. Okay, Mo Kaysen ain't putting grape jelly on my brisket just because I, I need to do that to win. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Okay, I'm I just not doing it. It's just, this is what it is. Either you like it or you don't, but you can go out in the parking lot and kick rocks because this is what I'm giving you. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I just I can't I can't I can't play the game. There's some guys that play the game. They they want to get up on each other. Oh, you need to use this X Y and Z. Blah blah. blah. Bump it, dude. Just cook some great barbecue. 
Texture is everything. Yep. Flavor too. Texture will rent out more or less than, than flavor. You can have great flavor, but if you got great taste in ribs, but you got to gnaw them off the bone, yeah, you're done. If you got just salt and pepper on the brisket, but the tenderness is spot on, you got a good chance of getting a call. I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. All right, so, uh, Mo, we're probably going to wrap this up just a little bit, and we hate to do this, but uh, we could sit here and talk barbecue for another another three or four hours. Oh, yeah, man. I get it, man. Hey, let me ask you, are you a football fan? Oh, yes, I am. Okay, so <laughs> what's your team? Have you, been, have you been watching football tonight? Oh, yeah, I watched uh, Monday night, and I watched uh, – well, I didn't watch Monday night. I actually, Sunday. Sunday, I was watching football. Yeah, I, I, um, I'm a big college guy. Yeah, but uh, obviously, you know, well, that's kind of. Even though I did watch college games on Saturday, uh, for pro team, I'd say Kansas City, man. Kansas City, yeah, mm. yeah, they look good. Yeah, hard to argue Kansas with that. City, it's man. very hard to argue that. Uh, yeah, that's probably my team, though, right now. Okay, so a uh, thought. How about on, you? Uh, well, we're in Houston, so so we're in Houston. It, we're Texan fans, but we are mainly Cowboy fans. No, we're not. Well, John's yeah, a Niners. John- <laughs> I get all kinds of flack. <laughs> yeah, but you're d- down in Houston saying that you're a Cowboys fan? Ooh. Oh, I, yeah. I, you straight just ducking everything. Like, everybody. <laughs> like, I can't even, like, at work. I mean, work, it's just like, you know when the Cowboys lose at work because I, I hear it from everybody. Oh. oh, I bet you do, bro. I bet you do. <laughs> But yeah, no, we're we're excited. You know, we we spoke earlier about the whole COVID thing, and it shut everything down. So I mean, it, it's kind of nice to get a little, little bit of that normalcy. Just normalcy oh back. yeah, yeah. I went to my cigar place and where I, I'm a lounge I'm a member of, and we watched. I watched college games, watched a couple games there. Man, it was just nice sitting back and just uh, getting a little some sort of normalcy. Man, I'm yep. waiting for all this stuff to get back to normal, man. Because I mean. I mean, it's serious business out there, though, man. Definitely. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't want to get COVID. I mean, no. shoot, I got a lot to live for, man. I ain't sitting there trying to choke out, man, because I, you know, because I want to go and <laughs> hang out at some place. You know what I mean? Because I mean, it affects people differently, man. Some people no problem at all, man. And some people may get it, man. And they, they, they looking at the roof of the church. Yes. And you know, I just, I, I want to, I want to, I want to be around for my kids and family, man. I want to go fishing, man. I want to go golfing. I want to cook barbecue. So. You know, I take my precautions when I go places, man. I still go places, though. Like I said, again, you know, I was just in Louisiana. But in case I mask up when I need to mask up. So when I don't, you got I don't. to. You got to. All right. So we appreciate it, man. And it's You have no idea how much we appreciate this. So I, I oh, feel like. Oh, brother, man. Hey. Glad, to go, glad to talk with you guys, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely be trying to do this again with you. If no, we're lucky No enough. problem, man. Yeah. So. Oh, man. Yeah. Just call me, man. Just let me know. All right, Mo. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much. Appreciate it, bud. Thanks, sir. Yep, have a good All one. All right, brother. Take care. See ya, man. Yep. I mean, talk about a solid interview. Yeah, man. It's like, you know, you're so worried because like, you don't know how it's going to go. And uh, you've seen the guy on television. You know he's charismatic, right? Yeah. And, and But then you're like hoping, like, how's it going to be tonight? Is he, like, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah. Everybody has like, an off day, but that dude was on. He <laughs> was great. Very, yeah. very down to earth. Without a doubt. Very sure. knowledgeable. Uh, dude, he dropped a lot of knowledge. A lot of and, knowledge. Uh, right. I he certainly was, had he was my smoking. pen and, and paper yeah. out, jotting so, some of this stuff down. Without yeah, a yeah. doubt, I tell you, one of the things that that comes I come across with this is that 
we talk about we do a lot of cookoffs and we've done a lot of right. We've done a lot of cookoffs, right? But this guy is he's by himself for majority of the cookoffs, right? He's traveling around. He's traveling states. He's like, I'm I'm not gonna wait around for to make it over here. I'm gonna go enter this cookoff myself and just go. I'm gonna go to Memphis and May. I'm gonna go right. to these other ones in Little Rock. I'm gonna go to this one over here. He's he's all in Texas. He's he, he's in um, what was it um, Midland in Odessa. And he's he's mm-hmm. doing cookoffs out there. Like the guy lives in Iowa. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, he so, said he's been all the way out to Oregon. Yeah. So that tells you right there. This guy. First of all, this is his passion. Right. But that's one takeaway that I was like, if you want to be out there and you want to get meet, meet the people and meet the toughies and meet Mo and whatever else. You staying in your little neck of the woods, yeah, the guy might come to your cook-off, right? But if you want to get out there, get out there and start traveling these other states and start trying their barbecue out and the KCBS and whatever else. So that was my big takeaway. Right, and he's by himself. This. Right, right. Yeah. He, he is, he is. Yeah. I've already messaged him saying, oh, I will quit cooking with you guys if he needs a teammate because <laughs> I will join Big Mo. <laughs> sure. Trader. Does that mean what you're is, moving, John? Or are yeah. you just traveling? I'll travel. It's fine. That's where he's free. been. This whole job's a big cover. Yeah, yeah. Right. he's been doing his own cook-offs. <laughs> But That's what you say, like he's, he was full time job, like over twenty cookoffs, like his first year by yeah. himself. Like I was, I was like, like, wow, I, yeah. I was tired for him. I yeah, was like, I know, right? I, I we do, uh, you know, we were rolling with chasing more smoke. We were doing like uh, before the pre COVID stuff. I mean, we were doing like twenty. No, we were doing fifteen, fifteen, twelve. Yeah, and that was tough. Yeah. I mean, that was like. I mean, we weren't with a lot doing one every too. weekend. Exhausting. Yeah. yeah, and there's like probably ten people plus on the team and it was still just like hot exhausting and after a cook-off it's just like i'm done i don't want to cook anything anymore i just want to talk to me don't look at me exactly (laughs) you know which reminds me you know of alan because that's the way he he does it he's Mm -hmm. by himself by himself and that's a lot of work dude it is so kudos to to big mo i mean and uh like we said beginning uh and and during the interview go check out his rubs i mean apparently the guy is i mean he is winning and he's doing quite well, and like he said, he's using his own stuff. It's not like right. he's sitting there using other people's stuff and then passing off, you know, these rubs, whatever. So I'm I'm excited to go to check out Academy or eight, maybe check out their his website. I think it might be PonderosaBarbecue.com. Uh, John will yeah. post a link on the yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll look at it. The website. Well, I can tell you this much: I'm going to be grilling a bar- brisket this weekend, and then using his rubs on it. I, I'm I'm going to go all Mo Casing out on that thing. Yes, yeah, so it, it's it's Mo Casing Barbecue okay. um, is the is the site uh, to go. I don't. What did you say, Secretary James Ponderosa? Well, I, know, I know his barbecue team is Ponderosa. Okay, okay, yeah. So uh, Mo Casing Barbecue, and when you, as soon as you go to, it, you basically see a big picture of okay of him on there, right? MoCasingBarbecue.com. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, hit him up. Tell them grabbing the brisket sent you. I'm not trying to <laughs> sh- shamelessly plug, but uh, absolutely. Tell them <laughs> we sent you exactly. So I definitely gonna um, go down probably tomorrow. I'm gonna hit up Academy and I'm gonna try the. Uh, I think he's got a beef rub and a pork rub. Yeah, if so, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so he's got the uh, competition rib rub. Uh, he's got the pork rub, a chicken rub. Uh, he's got an I-80 sauce, which I'm sure that's going through Iowa. Um, he has the I-20 sauce. Um, he's got the Texas brisket rub. He's got a steakhouse rub. Wow, uh, he's got a bunch of rubs. He's he has expanded. The, he has the raspberry chipotle i five glaze, which that sounds really good. Um, yeah, he's got a bunch of stuff out there. So plus his merch looks really good too. I meant to tell him that. 
but yeah, this this guy's this guy's definitely. Uh, I guess he came across as like he is what he is, right? He's mm-hmm. he's not trying to be somebody different. He's not trying to sugarcoat this and this different facade, uh, which was really kind of cool. Just kind of talking to somebody and having them go, look, hey, I'm not gonna be somebody else for for this, right? They they either like me or they don't like me. So, uh, which hey, it was definitely an honor to have him on. Yeah, I like yeah. him. Yeah, definitely kudos to him, and we wish him the best of luck. We'll, we'll certainly be um, following and supporting and rooting him on. So, oh, another sad part of the episode. This is my least favorite part of the uh, episode. If, if I'm going to be quite honest, I mean, it's like we're going to wrap things up and say the goodbyes and try not to be teary-eyed. And but then it's very happy. Uh, joyful because another episode is going to play right after this right great yeah just keep it on this show and just if you've already heard them all listen again yeah (laughs) two or three times just go back yeah so hey we we hope you enjoyed it uh y'all guys stay tuned to what we have in store for you guys coming up yep hey we appreciate it thank y'all guys thanks so much thanks mo thank you everybody Mm -hmm. we've been great just grab them in the brisket 